Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today is Jana Ronert. She is the founder and chairwoman of the board at Image Skincare, a clean clinical skincare brand founded in 2003 that has become recognized worldwide for being affordable with over 25,000 customers across 60 countries. The Celebrity Favorite Collection has become a direct-to-consumer go-to and landed on the shelves of prestigious retailers and select spas and salons across the world. After suffering from rosacea for most of her life, Jana, a fully trained licensed esthetician, formulated what has become the award-winning Image Skincare Vital C Hydrating Anti-Aging Serum in her own kitchen. Then along with her plastic surgeon husband, Dr. Mark Rohnert, who, by the way, we've interviewed, and a team of chemists, physicians, and skincare professionals, they went on to develop Image Skincare into the 30-plus product line it is today, becoming the number one spa and salon professional skincare brand in the U.S. Additionally, she and your husband co-founded a luxury nutraceutical range called Hush and Hush in 2018, further cementing her authority within the beauty and wellness industries. She's also committed to giving back. In 2011, she founded the Care for Skin Foundation, a charitable foundation with a board of medical directors that is dedicated to helping patients from developing countries in need of skin replacement. Jana lives in West Palm Beach with her husband, daughter, and son. How are you doing today? I am good. Thank you. We were just talking about the weather. It's hot here and it's cold where you are. Yep. We finally, finally have fall, but who knows what tomorrow will be like. That's that's New York. That's New York. Okay. So let's start with how can a brand help their customers understand how to use a product effectively, especially those that have active ingredients? You know, that's a great question because there are so many brands in the market today, as we know. It's yeah. very noisy. I think yes, everybody yes. and their dog and cat are starting a skincare line. And uh, it's just very confusing, I think, for consumers. But I think with image skincare and myself being an esthetician, I think our secret sauce to success has always been education um, with a professional. I think you mentioned we're in, you know, 25,000 spas, doctor's offices in America, and those professionals are highly trained to offer the right product the first time to kind of tackle whatever skin condition you're looking to do. So I think we do it, you know, boots on the ground that way. But I think, you know, um, from a company standpoint, we have a very interesting approach. If you would call our company and we have licensed estheticians that answer the phone. So they know the skin. They understand the skin. They can offer really professional recommendations if you're an end consumer, what to use and what not to use. So I think kind of that that. 
that combination has been very, very successful for our company at Image. That's great. I have this question I've been dying to ask. What ingredients do you feel people misuse when it comes to anti-aging? I, you know, I, I get that a lot. And I wouldn't say maybe, Lauren, they misuse, but they probably overuse. I think okay. that's really the best answer that I can give. I think, I think the basic consumer thinks that more is better. If a little bit of retinol is good, let's slap a whole tube on tonight. And that's probably not very good for your skin. You know, I, I kind of think of the skin like working out. You just can't go in and ha- and work out for four hours and then be on a Victoria's Secret runway. <laughs> you know, it takes some time, takes a little dedication. Um, it takes some commitment. So I think overusing and thinking there's one panacea would probably be what what I would say is 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 the reason for the misuse. So would you? I mean, the first one that pops into my head is the one that you mentioned because. Yeah you know, retinols seem to be the holy grail, it it would seem, for anti-aging. And I know I was misusing it and I'm pretty well versed in skincare. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I wasn't enjoying the results I was getting, i.e. really dry skin. And I stopped using it, found out I was using too much. Right. Yeah. And and, and we absolutely hear that a lot. So I think that the rule of thumb is certainly for retinols, you have to start slow right. and the healthier your skin is and the better skin shape, you can use it more often. I mean, I personally use a retinol almost every night, but I think the new retinols also now, it's kind of hard on a podcast, but they're kind of encapsulated in a bubble and you could put other really good ingredients to kind of give the skin anti-aging, give it nutrition put a little hyaluronic acid in there. So I think you can, these new ingredients offer a much better approach to aging and not so red and itchy and blotchy. But I'm a very, very big fan of retinol when you balance out the skin with some other kind of nutraceuticals. What about vitamin C? Do you think people are misusing vitamin C? No, I don't think they're misusing it. But again, you know, I think the innovation with vitamin C in the professional world, kind of that old school L-azorbic acid can be very irritating. Um, It can create a lot of headaches for formulators because it can be very oxidizing. But kind of the the new big shot vitamin C is the ingredient called tetrahexaldecal exorbate. And it's super stable. It's oil soluble, it's much less irritating, and it's much healthier for the skin. So I think that combination of vitamin C during the day when the skin needs to really combat all those free radicals in the environment, and at night, give your skin a chance to repair with some superstar retinols, AHAs, peptides. Great. Okay. So are there anything anything else that you think that we're misusing or not using correctly or should we just move on? (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, again, I I think that less is more, right? I think that when you find a great product that addresses your issue, you know, if you're looking at, at aging skin and wrinkles, you need to focus on the retinols and AHAs. 
If you've got acne, you need to focus on maybe some salicylics, blend it with some antioxidants. If you have discoloration, then you probably need to look at more, you know, um, hyperpigmented ingredients, you know, that are kind of non-hydroquinone. So less is really more. Find a professional and find a right simple program for you and do it every day. Yeah. Consistency. I'm sure that's key. Right, right. So when developing new products, how do you decide on the percentage of active ingredients in a formula? So when you look at new ingredients today, the manufacturer will give you a range of, let's say, 1% to 10%. We always like to look at the highest percentage possible, but we're generally not really only generally putting the 10% in. I think, you know, when you look at products today, they're very multifunctional and they should be. That's why you shouldn't have to use 10 products to get one result. So we try to look at the most active, highest percentage that is, that is offered by that manufacturer. Start with that and then start working our way down. But I think percentage is one thing. But then the other element is what is the pH of that product? Because the lower the pH, the deeper it will go into the skin. So you could have a 10% active ingredient at a five-point pH that's only sitting on the skin. Or you could have a 10% active ingredient that's a two-point pH, and oh my gosh, your skin is going to shed like a snake. So there's two variables when you formulate. It's it's active ingredient and it's percentages. So you could be using a product that is just sitting on your skin and really not doing right. any. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So are there any ingredients that image has avoided in product formulation so far? And if so, why? Well, look over the course of 20 years, things have really changed. And that's also really changed because we are a company that we're in more than 60 countries. So it's interesting because the EU has banned over 13 ingredients when you cross the pond, where in America, it's less than 20. So to formulate with that big gap is quite a regulatory challenge if you want to be very globally compliant. So we've had to look really hard at our formulas and and some of our formulas, we only formulate for the EU that are approved, you know, in America. But I think, you know, things that are not environmentally friendly to the reefs are something we've moved away from. We've tried to take out the chemicals in our sunscreen that we think is very important for the future. We try to use preservatives that are more plant-based versus parabens that aren't. So I think when, you know, there we, we have over 100 retail products. So the formulating and looking every single ingredient and where we get it from, it's really changed over the years. But I think that whole sustainability and looking at these folks who you do business with is the key to formulating a great product. Uh, this is a little off the cuff, but w- yeah. w- what do you feel about the U.S. compared to the other countries as far as what we allow in our products? Because through my research, it seems that we're a little behind, but. I I think so. I mean, you know, when we're, we really haven't taken a look at this regulatory legislation for many decades, (laughs) too long. Right. And so it's just got to be a hyper-focus. And so I think our stance is, 
if they don't take that stance, then professional manufacturers like Image and our company has to do that. So again, to be globally compliant, I would say that, you know, those 1300 we can't use and we don't use them in America. So if you really want to authentically and transparently be clean, then those are the things you really have to look at. Right, right. Okay. I was just curious about that. Uh, What is your go-to ingredient or ingredients for anti-aging and why? I think you answered a couple, but let's see if you've got any others that you want to share with us. (laughs) I mean, I think that, you know, today's retinols, the encapsulated are, are really a great option. I think that vitamin C, that oil soluble that I talked about, it is is a must for a really great skincare diet. And I think hyaluronic acid, you know, we know as we age, we lose that, all that big, plump, fluffy skin that we used to have. It just declines when you age. So I think those three, but I think the most important for anti-aging, as we know, is 90% of all aging is due to the sun. So a non-chemical sunscreen every day of your life, come rain or shine, whether it's cold in Long Island, whether it's snowing and you're, you're inside, you're always getting UV radiation and it's all cumulative. It's all cumulative. So that's the number one anti-aging product that I can recommend is a sunscreen every day of your life. Yay. That's what I say. There you go. (laughs) Whatever I'm asked, I say sunscreen. And it's true. I wear one 365 days a year. I don't even go near a window unless I have some on. Me too. Yep. I keep some in my car, uh, put it on my hands. Yep. Which is ironic because, you know, 20 years ago, I laid out in the sun or more, 25, you know, damage is done, but I'm working on it. You can always start today, right? Yeah. I mean, look, when I was in high school and college, they said the more tan, the more popular. I was really popular. So was I. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. No, we didn't know. We didn't know. Um, We thought we looked healthier with a tan. And it's funny. I think like when I see somebody really tan now, I think it looks a little strange. Just because. Yeah. Um, That leathery look. Yeah. It's just not elegant. It's not beautiful anymore. You know, self tanners have come come a long way. If you want that color, they have, have. it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. But you know what? We didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's not even an, an, even if let's say we take away our conversation today of aging, it's really even about, uh, uh, about life and how people lose their life from skin cancer. So it's not even a kind of emotional aesthetic um, ego-driven comment for aging and wrinkles because right. we all age, but it's really kind of like saving your life. I've just known many people who have died of skin cancer or have had half their face taken off. And it, that is such a preventable option that a sunscreen is really even more important. And getting your skin checked, you know, That's doing right. that every regularly, year. every year. I yeah. see you. I'm on the twice a year one, but um, at least once a year. I think that's so important. It's when anybody asks me, am I number one anti-aging? I'm like, one, wear sunscreen. Yep. Two, get your skin checked. Yep. <laughs> Three, whiten your teeth. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good one. I need to do that one. That's one I need to do. <laughs> well, you know, I just I throw that. I'm a dentist in the family too. So oh, I you, yeah, your teeth are white. I can um, 
Um, no, it's just, these are the things that I think you can do that don't cost a ton of money either. You know, they are things that that anybody really can do. Um, is there a difference? This is this, I want to know because so many people say they have sensitive skin, but is there a difference between sensitive skin and reactive skin? And can you explain the difference? Sensitive versus reactive. That's an interesting question. I, it, it kind of makes me think of the 2019 study, one of the, probably the largest studies on this, this issue that showed that 60 to 70% of all women reported having sensitive skin. And that's kind of characterized by symptoms like red, blotchy, itchy. And they kind of ask the question, why, right? And I think the hypothesis is what we talked about a little earlier in in our conversation, that probably overdoing it, using the wrong products and how they're using them, which is really interesting, right? Right. So sensitive skin may not, I don't think you're really born into it, right? I think that it's really a condition that you get over time. And, you know, sensitive skin is basically just really easily irritative or highly, highly reactive. So, so the reactive skin is really more towards what's called transepidermal water loss, TEWL. And when you lose a lot of water in your skin, because you need hydration for that cold weather, like you have central heating, like I have, (laughs) like you have, that all causes like the skin barrier to weaken and that makes it more reactive. So they're somewhat one of the same, but they have different trigger points, if you will. And it really stems back to product. And it also stems, also stems back to your environment, you know, the pollution, but environment, again, if you wear a sunscreen, that's already a good, a good barrier against those two skin conditions um, and kind of alcohol and what you eat. So it's a little multifactorial. Yeah, I can right? see that. And a it's lot. true. Now that you mention it, we're heading into the season here, at least in New York, where my skin yeah. becomes more reactive because- right you know, it's losing moisture, it's dry, it's, you know, I've got the heat on. I do like my hot showers. Yeah, me too. I know. I like to steam. Yeah, I I wish I could take a cold shower. I'm just not so good at that. Me neither. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because I grew up in Nebraska with really um, severe weather, right? A lot of, a lot of cold, a lot of wind. And my rosacea used to be just glaring and so big. And, you know, now that I kind of now understand the program, um, you would think in the heat and the steam and all the things that I do, but my rosacea is pretty much minimized and gone now. So I think it's the products. I think it's the diet. I think it's the sunscreen. It's just a lot that gives you that protective barrier. So the skin doesn't become so reactive. When, when you say diet, explain like what obviously you are what you eat and we, right. I've done podcasts on, you know, yeah. foods, but what, what do you do for your skin uh, as far as diet? You know, I think it boils down to the word inflammation. Uh, I was just going to ask you. Inflammation. If you can try to avoid foods that create inflammation, i.e. lots of sugar, yep. i.e. lots of salt, i.e dairy, lots of processed food. You know, I'm not saying you just have to ditch everything that you love and get rid of. You don't have to do that. 
But I think if you can limit those things, it will really will create a difference in your skin. You know, I, yeah. I, I think, and and also alcohol intake. You know, again, don't get rid of it if you know you enjoy it, which everybody should have a glass of champagne here here and there or whatever your your preference is. But I think again, everything in moderation. Right. Right. Well, I can, I, I know I'm so in tune with this now after all these years yeah. and I know like I love cheese. I try not to eat it, but if I yeah. indulge in cheese, I know within about 24 to 48 hours, I'm going to have a breakout. Yeah. Um, yep. I, sugar, my sugar, Ugh, sugar is the uh, worst. And I love it. I mean, sadly, um, but I try to get it through fruit a little, you know, things right. like that, but not refined, you know? Yeah. And I was not so good during Halloween. I'll say that my skin yeah. showed it, you know, I always say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust into the kids, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, but I did a little bit and you can see it, you know? Yeah. So, all right. I love chocolate though. So I think a really good Godiva chocolate or a European chocolate is just, it's heaven. So Absolutely. Gonna, a, a little I'm, bit of dark chocolate. I'm not and, giving that up. Nope. Nor should you. Life is about living. I mean, you know. Oh boy, here come here come my all the all the uh I can hear lawnmowers going off outside. I hope it's not getting picked Always. up. Always. Monday's a bad day. Okay. Yeah. So um what ingredients should someone with relative or sensitive skin use? You know, I, I think let's say what you shouldn't use. Probably right. first, you know, right. you probably shouldn't use harsh acids, AHAs, things that really strip your skin. You probably shouldn't use, you know, excessive amounts of retinol until you get your skin in good shape. So, and you probably should, should really try to stay away from chemical sunscreens if you can. Okay. So when, when you really have sensitive or reactive skin, Try to, you know, have a maybe very gentle, creamy vitamin C cleanser, a lot of hyaluronic acid, a lot of antioxidants. I think that, you know, ceramides, products with ceramides that really attract that moisture, glycerin, um, and then sunscreens with no chemicals. Try to find an elegant sunscreen with just zinc or titanium dioxide or both that really create that shield and I think you're going to see your skin improve dramatically. Hmm. Okay. So if somebody is right now listening to this, yes. what would be the one thing that they should get rid of starting today if they want better looking skin? Like if they have it in their arsenal of skincare products? You know, I mean, we all know levels of, of over-the-counter products versus professional. So I would probably say, look at maybe the over-the-counter, the products you're, you're using and maybe turn around on the back and, and really look to see what's in those ingredients and those formulas. And I think, you know, if you could look to products that are a little bit more on, on the edge of professional that are offered through doctors, licensed professionals that are much higher level, that we have standards that are a little bit different, that that's, I think would be my best suggestion. Okay. But a lot of people just to play devil's advocate here are saying that, uh, you know, drugstore mass market beauty products have come a long way and they have, 
I would they say certainly have. They really have. Um, you know, so and I do like to tell listeners to, you know, watch your pennies, obviously, where you can. So if there's something that you would recommend, like say that somebody would be okay getting at a drugstore or mass market and their skincare regimen, like what would be the one thing that you would say that they could get there and then save your money and then splurge on, you know, one of these other higher end products? What would you say? Like, are there certain things? That's hard having a professional skincare. I know, I know, I know, you know. know. But let, okay, let, let's take it. Let's take this angle. Let's say I'm on a trip, I'm traveling and they lose my luggage. Okay. Yes. My skincare, my image skincare is in there. Where, what would I do? What would you do? Yes. What would I do? So I, I would go and, and probably get a really nice cleanser, maybe a Neutrogena, get some facial wipes to make sure my skin is very clean and clear. I would probably then look for a non-chemical sunscreen to use, and I'd probably look for some hyaluronic acid. I was going to okay. say hyaluronic acid you can get yes. pretty I much. I would probably yeah. look for that right. you know, if I was in a pinch. Right. But I think if you really are, are trying to solve the problem of wrinkles right. and aging and pigmentation, Invest to in your skin. a higher professional product to get those results, uh, I think would probably be the best avenue. It's funny you say if if someone lost your luggage, that actually happened to me. Me too. Um, yep. And I was in my hometown where there is not a mall. Right. And, you know, uh, and I, well, actually it was my makeup bag. It fell out of my, <laughs> my baby bag. I have my kids right. with me. It fell out. And I walked into a drugstore at that time. This is probably, God, 12, 13 years ago. And I had no idea what I was doing. That's how bad I was. So I I took it upon myself to learn. And what I got out of it is read the labels, read labels, turn it over, read a label. Cause you can't like this. The sad thing is when you're at a drugstore, it's packaged in a way you can't like try it sometimes. Um, So that I took it upon myself when I got back, I was like, you know what? You're not going to have this problem again. You are going to learn. <laughs> learn. And now I put everything in my carry-on. Exactly. Well, yeah. I did. And that's what got me in trouble this one time as it fell oh, out. I was so sad. It wasn't my skincare. It was more my makeup. But I, I was... I think I could do okay. Oh, it was too. I, I was completely I lost. Foundation. Yeah. I think I could get along okay. But the foundation, that's really tricky. That's that's like skincare for me. That's yeah. super personal. Yeah, that was that was a hard one. I yeah. lost my foundation, my lipstick. I was oh, it was okay. I was I was in tears. Okay, so can your skin change over time? And if so, what are the reasons behind these changes? Yeah, that's a very big big. I know it's a yes. lot. We're ending yeah. it. We're ending it with a big one. I so. know this is a big <laughs> one because I mean, look, you know, you're talking about. 19 million skin cells that constantly regenerate right every 28 to 30 days right and i think as the skin changes that happens in our 20s but when we get into 30 40 50 60 sometimes that skin takes 3 to 4 months to turn over so i think the challenge is how do you speed up those tired cells right so things are turning over faster 
And then how do you, as you age, we know we lose volume in our skin. We lose elasticity. We get the turkey neck. You know, we get the drooping jowls. Hello. How do we address that? And I think we address it with some of these, you know, ingredients that we talked about. And I think you can start pretty young with these today. They're not as harsh as they used to be. The formulas are much more clean, I would say. So I think when you start seeing in the mirror, whatever age that the aging process is bothering you, you know, go to a professional or talk to somebody that you trust and see maybe what you can implement that works for your budget. But use something. Please use something. Yeah. Use something from early on. I will say, gosh, you know, even when I was in my teens in Nebraska, uh, my mom sold Mary Kay. And I mean, I washed my face since I've been 10, 11 years old every night, put something on my skin. And I just thank my mom for that, for getting me in that routine. Because I think just doing something every day and my mother did that. She lathered that Pond's cold cream that's still for sale. Yep. And I think a moisture barrier, again, you know, it's not an image product, but I do think <laughs> something cumulative every day makes a really big difference. My mom took me for Clinique. Right. I had the mm-hmm. Clinique dramatically different and that bar of soap. You're right. And, you know, that was at a very young age. That's yeah. true. My mom, you know, I never thought of that, but my mom really did instill that in me. That's good. She does. What's interesting is that Clinique and the Pond's cream are still around. So there are some mainstay products that that really are true and tried. And I'm learning that people, they're kind of going back to these too. They're actually... Less is more. Yeah. Really. Well, I think we're getting so inundated and it's getting so confusing. It is getting ridiculously confusing for people. Um, And there's more and more lines coming out every day. I mean, especially if you're a celebrity. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I I think for the consumer, um, they're getting a little fatigued by it all. Oh yeah. And and I know, you know, my industry for sure, there's a lot of beauty fatigue. And I think that the shift of the industry is definitely going more towards, you know, everybody can market good, but kind of show me the studies, show me the science. Yeah. You know, if you say this product is going to do it, show me the clinical studies. Let me see a true before and after of if I buy this and invest in you, you is it really going to work? So, right. Oh, they'll buy it once and not come back. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. So, to delight the customer, the product has to work. Yeah. You know, celebrities between skincare and tequila, it's like pick one or both. That's right. really, that's really where we're going. But I think that we are becoming, not confused, but we're also becoming more educated. So, you know, read labels. That's what I, I always try to tell people and, you know, spend some money. I had a phone call. This is funny um, from somebody and I'm not going to say who it is because it will get back to them. But somebody that I, I know well called me their skin guru and said, help. I need some skincare products. What do I, what should I use? And I said, well, what are you using now? And the reply was, this lick was a dagger through the heart. Soap. And this is not somebody, this is somebody that shocked me. Um, I thought, you know, uh, I was like, you're kidding. I'm like, please tell me at least you're using sunscreen. Let's start there. Sunscreen every day. Oh my gosh. It was wow. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad they asked, you know, I wouldn't want, listen, uh, don't be embarrassed if you are that person that was blessed with great skin and it's coming to roost. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you also know what you don't know. Right. Oh, right. You really don't. So when in doubt, just ask. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I say this here, I really do get a lot of direct messages and I'm sure. I am a, I'm a safe, you know, I, I shouldn't even probably have shared that because I'm sure somebody listening here is going, wait, that's me too. So, right. you know, but it, it's never too late to start investing in your skin. And I never. would hope that, that absolutely at any age. Yeah. At, at any age, start wearing, you haven't been wearing sunscreen. Okay. Start wearing it today. You know, today, I completely just, agree with that. Absolutely. It's the first day of, to have good skin, you know? I agree. And, and I, I always ask people, what's your budget? Exactly. Budget and, and there's generally always something that can work in that budget. Again, sunscreen, number one, yep. a good cleanser, number two. You know, it, it's just kind of the basics of just keeping, keeping your house tidy of cleaning. You got to keep your skin tidy with cleaning it. Yeah. And you know, and it's funny, I, people assume somebody asked me, well, you must use a ton of products. And I, I do because I test things and I try them. And yes, my husband is disgusted by the way that my office and my bath, you know, my vanity look. Um, but at any given time, I'm not putting them all on. I'm using, I always call something out. I I'm not going to get ready. My nighttime routine does not take me more than five to seven minutes. You know, I, I, I'm not as bad as I think people assume I am. Right. And you know? I, and I think it should be simple. I think of course. we talked about this earlier, you know, I think you need a good cleanser, yep. a good anti-aging product and a sunscreen during the day. Yep. And at night, a great cleanser, a great anti-aging and something to repair. So I think if you have four really good products, that's pretty much enough to do the trick. Agreed. Now, if you've got a bigger budget, add on more things. Yep. But if if you've got a budget, I think those four are really the essentials to great skin. And spend some money on it if you can. And then, yeah. you know, all right. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, you can get things like the hyaluronic acid, things like right. that. You can get that at the drug. Everybody's making those now. Mm-hmm. And they're really the same thing. I mean, well. You know. I mean, yeah, some are going to be better than others, I'm sure. But a hyaluronic acid in its purest form. I, I hear what you're saying. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. No, I'm, Use I'm it. Correct. Use it. Okay. This has been great. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I think this has been very fun. I hope the listeners have enjoyed some tips. And um, I'm just, it was fun to be on your program today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. So we're going to wrap it up. And if uh, you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly. So please contact Lauren at fountain30.com for sponsorship opportunities. And be sure to check out the blog where we have tons and tons of skincare and anti-aging skincare and all the kind of information that you're looking for. And uh, I'm going to sign off now. But remember, at least start tomorrow with skincare if you're not using it now and use a sunscreen every day starting today. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Bye.